We're heading to the kitchen today with one of my absolute favorite spring vegetables, asparagus. I'll be showing you how to make steamed asparagus spears with lemon basil aioli, herb roasted or grilled asparagus, and one of my favorite AIP party foods, prosciutto wrapped asparagus. This is gonna be a very yummy episode, so stick around. Hello, thyroid drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We'll be heading to the kitchen in just a bit to make three show-stopping recipes for asparagus. But first we'll talk about what asparagus is, how to purchase and store it, and its thyroid healthy highlights. I'm also gonna talk about some of the weirder aspects of asparagus, namely its sulfur-containing compounds. So the first half of the show will be zeroing in on this featured ingredient, and then we'll head to the kitchen. I don't want to waste this opportunity to get to know the star of today's show a little better before we steam it, roast it, grill it, wrap it, dip it in sauce, and eat it up. I've officially added asparagus to my updated list of over 130 delicious gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and sugar-free foods on the Thyroid Healthy Grocery Guide. So if you want to grab an updated copy, or if you haven't downloaded it yet, you can just go to hypothyroidchef.com slash grocery to get your copy of the list. And I'll also put that link in the show notes for you. So let's zero in on asparagus. I'll touch on some of the unique things about this really singular vegetable, especially as it pertains to us as thyroid thrivers. Is asparagus right for you? The answer, as always, is it depends. So first, we'll do a little bit of learning about asparagus's amazing qualities and its sometimes problematic qualities, namely sulfur. And then we'll have three sides of asparagus to go with it. Sound good? If you've ever cooked asparagus before, then you know it cooks up quick. So while we will cover three recipes today, each of them takes just a few minutes to prepare. All right, what is asparagus and is it thyroid healthy? I was really surprised to learn that asparagus is actually in the lily family. Now, most of you know those unmistakable bright green spears with those tender leafy tips, but asparagus can also be grown in white and purple varieties. As I'm recording this episode, it's the middle of April and we are in the heart of asparagus season, which runs from February through June. That was part of the reason I wanted to do this episode before our biggest spring holiday, Easter. I think of asparagus as something a lot of us would serve on a holiday or at a special meal. It's kind of a sexy, elegant vegetable. It's really beautiful. It's tender. It tastes like springtime. And not only is it really beloved, but it has all kinds of health supportive benefits. First, it's a really good source of dietary fiber, which supports digestion and gut health. Fiber is really essential in supporting our beneficial gut bacteria and also in keeping the food just moving through our digestive tract and keeping us regular. Now, this is especially important for those of us with an underactive or missing thyroid because we often struggle with slow gut motility and constipation. So in just half a cup of asparagus, you get about two grams of fiber. 
Asparagus is also a source of several key thyroid supporting nutrients like B6, magnesium, zinc, iron, and selenium, but there are several other antioxidants and minerals in asparagus. It's especially high in vitamin K and folate. I think one of the best parts about asparagus is that all that nutrient density comes at the low cost of just 20 calories per half cup serving. It's about 94% water. And those really water rich veggies are some of the best foods we can eat for weight loss. And we all know that weight loss is like the number one dietary goal and frustration that those of us with an underactive or missing thyroid deal with. Lots of colorful organic produce is one of the pillars of thyroid healthy eating. And asparagus is a great choice for those of us trying to maintain a healthy weight while also maximizing our nutrition. One of the weirdest things about asparagus that you may have noticed is that it makes your pee smell. There is a scientific explanation for this very scientific phenomenon called asparagus pee. (laughs) It doesn't happen to everyone, but about half of us notice this kind of strong sulfuric smell after we eat asparagus. Now, this is a byproduct of the metabolization of something unique to asparagus called asparagusic acid. I swear I'm not making this up. So that's a sulfur-containing compound, and sulfur kind of smells like rotten eggs or skunk. The reason I mention this about asparagus, aside from the fact that I just love bizarre food trivia, is that sulfur is a naturally occurring chemical found in many healthy foods, which can be both highly beneficial and also problematic for some of us as thyroid drivers, really depending on the individual. Now, to be clear, sulfur is not bad for us. It's actually a really vital mineral. Sulfur molecules help us produce glutathione, which is the body's main antioxidant. And it's just that some of us become kind of intolerant of high sulfur foods because of things like gene mutations, nutrient deficiencies, or exposure to toxins like mercury. I have personally dealt with sulfur sensitivity and intolerance, and it was nutritionally one of the most frustrating road bumps, to be honest, along my Hashimoto's journey so far, because so many healthy foods that are staples in my diet are high in sulfur. So things like onions, garlic, cruciferous vegetables, and this one was the worst, avocados, those are high in sulfur. And when you're already trying to like stay the course and avoiding gluten and dairy and sugar and all these other problematic foods, it can be really disheartening when you start to react to those healthy foods. Sulfur sensitivity is complex nutritional territory. And it took me a long time and a lot of experimenting to figure out what worked for me. Rest assured, the solution was not eliminating these foods long-term. Here's what did help me crack the code on my sulfur processing issues. A quick disclaimer before I share this personal story, because what worked for me may not work for you. This is for informational and educational purposes only, and in no way should be considered a substitute for professional medical advice and guidance. Always discuss diet, lifestyle, supplement changes with your doctor first, okay? Now that we've gotten that out of the way, I do want to share my experience with you because I think it highlights the fact that there are some lesser known food intolerances and sensitivities to naturally occurring chemicals in foods, such as oxalates, salicylates, histamines, nightshade toxins, and 
sulfur. And if you've ever gone on a healing diet like AIP or paleo and felt worse instead of better, these lesser known sensitivities could be a possible reason why. This sulfur thing I've been navigating through for a couple of years now, maybe even three, a while, (laughs) but I've learned some important things along the way. So I started noticing that I was reacting to sulfuric foods and being the editor in chief of thyroid refresh at the time, this was something that was like already on my radar. I had just interviewed Terry Cochran, who's a well-known nutritionist about sulfur sensitivity in thyroid patients, which isn't all that uncommon. And the first thing I did when I started to suspect that sulfur was a problem for me was that I experimented with cutting sulfur out of my diet, which immediately made me feel better, or at least significantly reducing it. Then I reintroduced those sulfur containing foods, which immediately made me feel worse. Now to me, this confirmed that I was definitely having a hard time with sulfur, but eliminating those foods long-term wasn't an ideal, or even I would say an acceptable solution for me, especially nutritionally speaking. So the next step I took was that I researched and learned about supplements that can help with processing sulfur, like uh, molybdenum and certain kinds of B vitamins. I'll put a link to a good article on that from Dr. Mark Ruscio in the show notes for you. So it took trial and error, but finding some supplements that worked for me did help a lot. And for a while, I thought I solved it. I'm done with my sulfur problem mainly because I was able to, once again, eat those very healthy sulfur-containing foods like kale and garlic with no issue. For a while, I did feel pretty good on that protocol, but eventually I got kind of fatigued. I got brain fogged again. My hair was shedding like quite a bit. And this started when the pandemic started. So I wasn't really sure if it was just the increased stress or what. But those symptoms are the red flags that let me know when it's time to go back to the doctor, do some testing and see how things are going with my thyroid labs, my gut health and any other areas of concern. I'm also starting to feel some hormonal shifts as I've entered my mid 40s. So I decided to make the investment of including a Dutch test, which is an ultra comprehensive hormone analysis. Now, side note, if you're out there listening and thinking, I need that, I want to know more about the Dutch test. First of all, I can't recommend it highly enough. It gave me some really major life-changing and empowering information. And also I got you, I have a discounted link in my favorite store for the Dutch test via the Susie Cohen web store. Now, keep in mind, it is essential to have those test results interpreted by a medical professional, especially one who is familiar with the test. I had mine done by both a functional diagnostic nutritionist and my naturopath, and they both gave me really valuable info, but there's no way I could have gleaned from it what they did had I attempted to interpret it myself. Hormones and how those puzzle pieces fit together is really complex. So that professional expertise is required. But if you are interested, I'll put the link for that discounted Dutch test in the show notes for you. One of the big things that stood out to my doctor most on my Dutch test results was that I was not getting enough sulfur or I wasn't processing it, 
the terminology my doctor used was that I wasn't methylating. So she immediately recommended some updated types of B vitamins for me, as well as N-acetylcysteine or NAC, which is purported to help with detoxification. Now I had looked into NAC myself previously, but I assumed I shouldn't take it because it too contains sulfur. But remember, let's circle all the way back to where we started with this conversation about sulfur. The body needs sulfur. Sulfur helps us make glutathione and it's involved in the methylation process. So in essence, I was getting this backlog of toxins from not methylating very robustly, let's say. And when I shifted to my ND's new you know, supplement routine to help me with that, which included continuing to take things like molybdenum to give me a little extra help with the sulfur processing, lo and behold, I started feeling better. I got my energy back. My hair shedding stopped almost immediately. In fact, you may have noticed that I've had like these little frizzies on my hair. And my stylist recently did a little hair exam at my last appointment because I'm like, what's going on? Is my hair breaking? And she was like, no, actually, I think this is regrowth because it's all the same length and it's all over your head. (laughs) I mean, this stuff, like, wow. Hashimoto's is really just such a good teacher and so complex, but I was just thrilled to learn that my hair was growing back. I already kind of knew that because I suddenly wasn't having to clean as much of it from the shower drain, which hadn't really been the case for a while, like pretty much since the pandemic began. But her little hair exam just confirmed that for me. And I remember she said, if I had to guess, it looks like, you know, two, maybe three months worth of new hair growth all over your head. Like it's all about the same length. So I did the math and that was right when I made the shift of following my doctor's new recommended protocol to help me methylate, help me get the sulfur I needed and help me process it effectively. That timeline exactly matched what my stylist said was two to three months worth of new growth on my head. So yeah, I'm celebrating because I'm currently regrowing hair that was shedding in part because of this complex Hashimoto's related nutritional conundrum around sulfur, which asparagus is high in. So my story just goes to show that A, these are complex issues. They take time to solve and don't give up. Keep digging at the solution, as Dr. Isabella Wentz likes to say. And B, sometimes trying to handle these complex issues yourself just makes them take longer to solve. I mean, okay, it took the time it took, and it took time just for me to put the pieces together, but I do wish I would have talked to my doctor about it a little sooner. And finally, it's just amazing how much the right kind of targeted treatment can help us navigate all the ways our bodies are compromised by thyroid issues, and they are compromised. We do struggle. So do yourself that favor of finding the right doctor to help you navigate these really complex issues and one who isn't going to write you off, dismiss you and tell you that this is just your lot in life. That's a bunch of baloney and we shouldn't accept it for an answer. So asparagus. Yeah, it makes your pee stink because it has sulfur and sulfur is so good for us. It's especially in terms of detoxification. It's really important to the liver but some of us have a little trouble processing sulfur. So if you are in the midst of your own sulfur processing saga, like I went through, that's the one caveat I have for you about asparagus. Asparagus has loads of health benefits 
and it's high in sulfur, which is in many ways good for us, but can become problematic for some. Got it? You know, like so many foods, it's not either good or bad. It's not either or, it's both and. And I swear people get so upset with me on like Facebook because they want me to just say, eat this, not that. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to oversimplify a complex topic just to get more followers. First of all, I'm not a dietitian, So giving personalized nutrition advice is outside my scope of practice. Secondly, whether or not a certain food is right for thyroid drivers often and in many cases has a complex answer. There are intricacies, there are nuances, and those intricacies and nuances are important for us to at least just attempt to understand. And that's what I'm here to help you with. And I hope I do an effective job of that. But one thing I'm never going to do is lie to you by saying that eating for thyroid health or autoimmune health or gut health has a simple black and white answer. It doesn't, at least not according to the experts I glean from, because in so many cases, it really comes down to the individual. I've got funny little biochemical or genetic things that make me kind of a unicorn in some ways. As my ND says, you don't always fit the mold. So sometimes it takes a little more trial and error. And I wonder, do any of us always fit the mold? My guess is probably not. So instead of putting foods in a good or bad pile, let's make a collective mindset shift right here, right now. Let's ditch putting food into good or bad boxes and instead pass those choices about food through an upgraded filter. And that upgraded filter is the question, does this food serve and support me? <laughs> and this concludes my public service announcement for the day. All right. A few practical asparagus tips before we get cooking. When buying asparagus, look for firm, bright green spears with no signs of shriveling or slime. So you want to store your asparagus in a produce bag in your refrigerator's vegetable crisper drawer. Alternately, you can trim the very ends off of your asparagus spears and store them upright in a glass container with a couple inches of water. If you go that route, I do recommend covering them loosely with a produce bag and keeping them in the fridge. I'll show you my favorite way to trim asparagus and some cooking pitfalls to avoid as we prepare the recipes. So who's ready to get cooking? Here's what's on today's menu. Steamed asparagus spears with lemon basil aioli, herb roasted or grilled asparagus, and prosciutto wrapped asparagus. There's something for everyone, so let's roll up our sleeves and make some delicious nourishing asparagus. Now, be forewarned, these are some of my oldest cooking videos, and I have to giggle a little bit when I look back now on my husband and I trying to put these together. I've learned a lot about sound quality and lighting since then, so whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on iTunes or whatever, please forgive me, bear with me, and thank you in advance for that. Okay, without further ado, the first recipe we're going to cover today is steamed asparagus spears with lemon basil aioli. This is an exclusive recipe from my Thyroid Healthy Everyday e-cookbook and one of my absolute favorites. Okay, first we're gonna make the aioli. Got two medium garlic cloves here we're gonna put through a press. And then a quarter teaspoon of kosher salt. 
quarter teaspoon of lemon zest and a tablespoon of freshly squeezed lemon juice. And we want to give that all a stir until the salt is dissolved. Next we're going to add about a teaspoon of olive oil, extra virgin. and one third cup of clean mayo. Now you can make your own homemade mayo, which is just made from egg yolks and oil, um, but to keep this quick and easy and simple, like I know you guys want me to, I just use this brand, Primal Kitchen um, Avocado Oil Mayo. It's got a really clean ingredient list. And then finally we're going to add a uh, about three, well this is probably about four medium fresh basil leaves that are finely minced. And just give that a good whisk. And there you have it. Piece of cake. Okay, once we have our aioli all made, we're gonna trim our asparagus. And my favorite way to do this is to just snap the ends off. That way you make sure you get all the woody part of the stock removed. Okay, so we've got a pot here set up with a steamer basket and about an inch of water. And we're gonna take our trimmed asparagus and set that in here to steam. Now the trick is to not overcook it. So just after about a minute, we'll check on it. These are about medium thickness, so um, probably only gonna take about a minute or two. It's been about a minute. We're gonna check on our asparagus and see if it's ready yet and there really isn't a lot of give to it, so I think we're gonna give it another minute. Okay, it's been one more minute, and ooh, this looks just right. You don't want it to where it's like really limp like a noodle. You want it right about there to where it's nice and crisp, tender, and vibrant green. So I've got our aioli here on a serving platter, and guys, you can serve this as a side dish. Uh, it makes a great party appetizer however you want. I, I like to kind of think of this recipe as a substitute for french fries. Um, these are really great if you like to eat things with your fingers. All right. So steamed asparagus with lemon basil aioli. Next up, we're gonna make herb roasted or grilled asparagus. I just put the printable recipe up on the blog so you can find it in the full blog post for this episode, as well as in my free recipe library on hypothyroidchef.com. I'll put the link in the show notes for you. Now, whether you decide to oven roast or grill this recipe, I think just depends on the season. So do what works for you. So first you're gonna take a bunch of asparagus and trim it just by snapping the woody ends off of each stalk. This ensures that you remove all the woody part from the stock. So take your asparagus and place it on a rimmed baking sheet. You also want to make sure, as you can hear in the background, that you're preheating your oven to 400 degrees. 
Next, we're gonna chop a few herbs. Tarragon, fresh parsley, and fresh chives. Herbs are a wonderful seasoning option, uh, a great way to get flavor that is not only not inflammatory, but can even be healing. For those of you doing the autoimmune protocol diet, you can't use spices or seeds of any kind, so herbs become really important in your cooking. And this recipe is very autoimmune protocol friendly. about a teaspoon and a half of freshly chopped parsley, freshly chopped tarragon, and freshly chopped chives. Drizzle that with about a teaspoon and a half of extra virgin olive oil. And sprinkle with fine sea salt and freshly cracked pepper. Now if you're doing the autoimmune protocol, you want to omit the pepper. And then just toss with your hands. Once you have your spears nicely coated, spread those out on your baking sheet and place them in your 400 degree preheated oven. Once the spears are tender and just starting to brown in spots, you want to remove them from the oven. And that can take anywhere from 8 to 12 minutes, depending on the thickness of the spears. Wow, that smells so good. I can't decide if it's the tarragon, the parsley, or the chives that make this dish so amazing. I think it must be the combination of all three. But once you're done, just put them on your serving dish and Eat them while they're nice and hot. Herb roasted asparagus spears. Enjoy, guys. Mm. I saved the best for last with our third and final asparagus recipe for the day, prosciutto wrapped asparagus. This recipe is also available in my free recipe library on hypothyroidchef.com and in the show notes. So first we're gonna start with a tablespoon and a half of extra virgin olive oil that I'm heating up over medium heat. And we're gonna turn it into a toasted garlic oil by sauteing one large garlic clove that's been thinly sliced in the oil. So we're gonna let that sizzle for a couple minutes while we clean our asparagus. Now my favorite way to trim asparagus is just to snap the ends off. Okay, so these garlic coins have been toasting for, oh, about four minutes in this extra virgin olive oil, and they just have a little bit of color on them. We don't wanna get them too dark or that can turn the garlic and the oil a little bit bitter. So at this point, when they're just lightly toasted, we're gonna remove them from the olive oil and then we have our garlic infused oil to use on the asparagus. And these little toasted garlic coins will get crispy as they cool and they make a really nice garnish for just about anything savory. Okay, let's dress our asparagus spheres. 
So we're gonna take our bunch and on a large rimmed baking sheet, we're gonna drizzle the asparagus with our toasted garlic oil. We're also gonna sprinkle it with some freshly ground pepper. I like to use rainbow peppercorns here, but if you have black, that's fine too. And then we're gonna sprinkle it with salt. Now I'm gonna use some truffle salt just for fun because I think it's wonderful and I love it. But if you just have fine sea salt, that's just fine as well. So a couple pinches of salt and we'll just toss these a little bit so that the spears are evenly coated in the garlic oil, salt, and pepper. So this is Italian prosciutto di Parma. This is from Parma, Italy. So it bears the prosciutto di Parma name. And what that means to me is that this has only been cured using um, salt and the fresh breezes of Parma, Italy. There's no nitrates or sugar or any other questionable ingredients. So this is actually a pretty um, clean choice um, if you are able to get prosciutto di Parma. And we're gonna wrap each asparagus sphere in, let's say about a half a slice. We'll just cut through these. They cut this prosciutto di Parma very, very thinly. It's almost paper thin. So typically you'll get it with some, oops, lost that one. <laughs> typically you'll get it with some deli paper in between. And you just wanna take each spear and roll it in the prosciutto. Okay, once you've got all your spears wrapped up, you're gonna arrange them on the baking tray and try to make them so that there's a little bit of space in between each one. That way they will cook more evenly. Now we're gonna put them under the broiler about six inches from the heat for anywhere from two to four minutes depending on the size of the spears. So once your asparagus looks crispy and a little bit brown in spots, you can go ahead and pull it out and we're gonna flip the spears. and back under the broiler for just another two to three more minutes. All right, let's check our asparagus. Ooh, that looks perfect. And there you have it, guys. Easy as that. This is a wonderful side, an appetizer. All you do is put these on a serving tray and you are ready to go. Prosciutto wrapped asparagus with toasted garlic oil. I hope you've enjoyed this episode featuring this most beloved spring vegetable. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more about thyroid healthy foods, please don't forget to download that free one page thyroid healthy grocery guide at hypothyroidchef.com slash grocery. And I'll add that link to the show notes as well. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. Your support truly does help get the show in front of more people so that I can continue to grow and ultimately keep doing this. So I offer my heartfelt thanks to my loyal fans for taking that extra second to like, subscribe, or leave a review in advance. Happy cooking, happy thriving. I'm Jenny Mahar wishing you the best of health. 
See you next time.